are here with the amazing man himself, Ty Butler, hardworking human being, big Lakers fan. We're also going to talk some NFL. We're going to talk some baseball too. But you, sir, are a Laker fan, and your Lakers won a gritty overtime game against a team who, let's face it, you know, if this was two, three years ago, the Lakers would have won by 20, 30 points. No one would have ever thought this much difference, but all because of COVID, the Knicks are deciding to play some good basketball. But LeBron is is a wounded warrior right now. Anthony Davis is is feeling some problems, and and you got that big three in Brooklyn. So, do you think your Lakers will repeat this year? Because of what you just said, they were up 10 with 8 minutes left to go. 
in a game where the Lakers didn't really have anyone who could score outside of Anthony Davis. So before the game, I said to you, here's what's going to happen. The Lakers are going to have no ball handlers. LeBron's out. Schroeder's out. Caruso gets hurt. He played, I believe, seven minutes of the game. So you're erasing after the first quarter. Anthony Davis is going to go eight for 23. You've got Randall going for 31. You've got Derrick Rose going for 27. The Lakers turned the ball over 18 times. And the Knicks, by the way, hold the Lakers in a game that went to overtime to 101 points. You'd say, oh, the Knicks won that game pretty easily. And except they didn't. So, like, that's a bad loss for the Knicks. And I get it. You go 3-3 three and three on the road trip, a tough West Coast trip that included games against the Suns and the Nuggets and the Clippers, and then you end with the Lakers. You started off by beating the Rockets and the Grizzlies. Uh, you, beat the, you beat the Clippers, so you go 3-3. Three and three. But that's a bad loss last night. That's a game that, as I just outlined, no part of it should be a path to the Knicks losing that game. So it's a, it's a oh. terrible loss, and part of it is R.J. Barrett, you can't go 2 for 13 in that game, but you still could have overcome that. All you needed was to have Randall not turn the ball over with 33 seconds left with the Knicks up one, you know, not give up an offensive rebound to Wesley Matthews to tie it, you know, not allow THT to hit that shot. So a lot of things in crunch time went wrong for the Knicks. I know Randall was great. But he did have three possessions uh, that Anthony Davis put the clamps on him. So it's a, it is a bad loss for the Knicks. It's not crippling. They still make the they still make the playoffs, but that's a bad loss. Oh, it's a terrible loss. And oh, and but I will say, but it will lead to this question now. The Knicks. I'm hopeful they get the four seed and they avoid the Miami Heat because if the Knicks play the Heat, I don't think the Knicks are winning that series. If the Knicks play the Hawks, I think the Knicks have a better chance of getting out the first round. So, would you agree, and you know, you're the basketball savant, that if the Knicks play the Hawks, their ceiling is second round against either Philly or Brooklyn, whoever gets the one seed, and they play them to a five or six game series, and they buy them tickets. Is that the Knicks ceiling for this year? Well, Philly's going to get the one seed. So if okay. it's a four or five matchup and the Knicks beat the Hawkers, I think they can. I, I think that is a very fun, entertaining, competitive six or seven game series that could go either way. I see a lot of Knicks fans, you know, clamoring for Atlanta in the first round because they, they, it just in their mind there's some fate complete that they'll beat them. I don't know that it's all that cut and dry, but yes, can they can they win that series? Absolutely. As far as them getting to the second round and what the ceiling ultimately becomes, you're not pushing Philly to six games. At the most you're getting against Philly is one game. So I think Philly wins that at five, and yes, that becomes your ceiling because they're not beating Milwaukee. They're not beating the Nets. They're not beating Philly. Now, if you, get to, if you get to the second round this year, that, that is a major, major cause for celebration. Because you just you know, blew right past what the expectations were. Right? I, I believe they had it at like 21 or 22 wins. 22, right now, Vegas had the Knicks at 22 and now the Knicks have 38 wins. Yeah, so now you're plus 16 with three games left to go. You're going to the playoffs. If you get a round, then, I mean, there, there's nothing else to talk about. Like, that, that, to me, like, you can't be frustrated. You can't be, I mean, you could be disappointed because anytime your team loses, there's, there's disappointment. But... 
naturally, once you get past that, you look back on the season and you say, listen, there is no shot that anyone had us getting to the second round of the playoffs. So you take that and you roll with it. See, see right here, this Nick Keaton is the 2017 Yankees. The 2017 Yankees blew past expectations and went to the ALCS. Next year, they go backwards. Regardless what the Knicks do in the postseason, you win 38 games. Let's say they do win a round. Okay. Now, next year's Knicks. You have to have minimum 45 wins in the regular season next year. And you have to get, especially especially if you win a round this year with this team, you have to get to the second round, possibly Eastern Conference Finals next year. Because if not, otherwise, it's a failure because you're, you're going backwards. But now a question about the Nets. Some, some people make a big deal that Harden, Kyrie, and Katie didn't play a lot. And I don't think that's a big deal. But if for somehow these three just do not do it in, in the playoffs, you know, what... What would you say about this Brooklyn Nets team getting all these three together? Oh, well, it would be a catastrophic failure. But I do think that the excuse would be what you just mentioned, and they didn't play a lot of games together. Like, tonight was supposed to be the eighth time they played all in the same game, but then Kyrie gets scratched because of, of the face injury. So Harden returns. He looked great at the end of that second quarter. But if this team doesn't win a championship, it's a failure, like of epic proportions. We're talking about one of the greatest assemblings of talent we've ever seen, and you don't win a championship. And it's not like you're going up against any other like super team. I, I wouldn't say the Lakers are a super team. We've got two of the best players in the league. But that's not by any means a super team. The Clippers, like, you don't look at any team in the NBA and say, yeah, that's a super team outside of the net. So it would be a massive failure, a a big disappointment. But then they can turn around and have that be an excuse. We didn't play enough games together. It was a shortened season because of COVID. We had all of our guys dealing with injuries left and right. So is there an element of we get one more year of this thing national in year two as a head coach all of these guys healthy and now we get to really see what this team can be next year i think that happens but overall like in the immediate aftermath of them losing like if they lose in the second round to milwaukee or eastern like any to me any loss before the finals is just an embarrassment like, that's something you don't really get over until we see what you do next year and you get past it. You lose in the finals to LeBron's Lakers in seven. Like, yeah, it's a disappointment, but it's like, you know, you, you lost to arguably the greatest player of all time. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, now, go, now, last basketball question before we hop into football. I'll just make it quick. Has the Knicks so far changed the, changed the perception of how other people – how other people in the league view them with how they played this year? Absolutely no question. Because, for, and you're a fan, so for years you've yeah. seen this team, like, the, the, any time there was a headline about the Knicks, it was always negative. Whether it be, you know, Carmelo, the 
trade situation, you know, him not wanting to leave the Knicks, but the Knicks wanting to trade him, that whole debacle. You had Phil Jackson, him being fired right after signing an extension, which, which never made any sense. You had them, you know, drafting Franklin Lakina. You had them drafting Porzingis. He becomes a great player, but then you trade him. You had, you know, uh, the coaching firings with Fisdale. Like, so anytime the Knicks were in the headlines, it was always because of something that you were embarrassed about. Now, the conversation, I don't consider them to be a national conversation, that it's more local, but anytime they're mentioned in general, it is because we're coronating Thibodeau as the coach of the year, we're, we're saying Julius Randle is the most improved player. Some people have him in the MVP conversation. I think that's crazy, but you know that 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 is what it is. Derrick Rose, he's like ascension back to not what he was before, but to relevancy. So anytime you talk about the Knicks now, there's nothing really like embarrassing about it. it it's just how good they've been and what the trajectory of this franchise is. So yes, the, the culture, and it's a, a phrase we use way too often because we change, but the culture has changed in New York. So now it becomes whenever that next player, that next superstar who is unhappy in his, in his current situation becomes available, do the Knicks become a primary destination for that guy? And the answer is a resounding yes. Wow. Um, okay, now we're going to get into NFL, and NFL schedule release day, you know, they've been, they, they dropped week one by 8 o'clock this morning, they they dropped what I think is the biggest matchup, Patriots-Bucks week four, you know, they dropped Packers-Chiefs, so what, what do you, what games are you looking forward to, and, you know, Going back to the draft, how how did you like how did you like your team's NFL draft? Well, obviously, from a from the standpoint of the team that I root for, I'm looking at whatever week one is, or you know, before today, it was like wherever week one is, that's the biggest game of the season for me because it's the first time we get to see Zach Wilson, you know, in uniform under center, assuming. No injury is a concern. You get to see Robert Sala on the sideline. And now, after the draft, after free agency, where the team has now come together and we see uh, the, the roster in its totality, now we get to go out there and see how good these players are. And what are you going to learn in week one? Not much, but every fan comes into it optimistic because you're all 0-0 zero and zero with a chance to compete for the division. So with the Jets, the biggest question marks were what? The quarterback position. You, everyone feels like they answered it. We get to see that right off the jump. Sam Darnold versus Zach Wilson. I mean, it, it's poetry. Like That that, that storyline writes itself. The offensive line has to be better. The defense has... It, it, it's funny, right? Like You watch the draft, and it's like, what, what are the team needs? For the Jets, it's everything. So, so any player they drafted was an upgrade over whoever they had last year. <laughs> you also just mentioned Bucks, Bucks Pats. Brady returns to Foxborough. Is he going to get booed? Is he going to get cheered? I don't think there's any way that if you're a Pats fan, you can boo Brady. Like he won, thank you. Like six champion. He won what six championships for you out there in New England. Um, prior to his arrival, you had been to the Super Bowl twice and lost. 
Brady gave you all of the success of your organization. All of the success of your franchise came on the arm of Tom Brady. So no chance you can boo him. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see like what the reception is. It's a game that it, it'll be funny, right? Like Brady goes out there, throws three interceptions. The storyline the next day with Belichick getting revenge. <laughs> so I'm excited about that. Um, Chiefs Giants. Uh, that's a Monday Night Football game. Daniel oh, Jones. Oh. A lot, a lot of pressure on your boy Danny Dimes this year. Why, why, why you gotta do that to me, Ty? I thought we were fresh. A lot of pressure on your boy, Danny Dimes, this year. No excuses, because this is going to tell us whether or not he is the quarterback of the future. You went out there and you got Kenny Galladay. Uh, Saquon Barkley is going to return from injury. You've got Kyle Rudolph uh, and, a, and a couple other weapons that the Giants added. You know, Evan Darius Tony. Yeah, Darius Tony. They, they added him when, you know, they traded down in that first round and then grabbed him. Evan Ingram is still a weapon. I know he's questionable when it comes to his catching abilities. But you've added a lot of weapons around Danny Jones. No excuses this year. We are going to watch this quarterback um, audition for a full 17-game slate. I'm excited about it. I know you are as well. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm really looking forward to what this season brings. <laughs> now, you got a lot of questions, Mark, though, too. Like, like are the, is, is Aaron Rodgers still going to be employed by the Packers? Is Deshaun Watson oh, yeah. still going to be employed by Houston? So we still got a lot of these pieces moving around um, before the start of next season. But yeah, man, it, it, this this day is always exciting. Like we, it's so funny though. Like we know the teams, <laughs> we know the teams <laughs> on the street, but we don't get all pumped up for the schedule being released. We, we're just finding out when these games are happening, and everyone just goes crazy. That's fantastic. And also, what's crazy is that um, with with Watson, I've, I've gotten word that the cases of between Watson and, and the accuser are starting to get dropped. So we're gonna see what's gonna happen in that situation. Um. I think for, and I'm going to say this, honestly, I think the ceiling for, and I'm going to start with both local teams, the ceiling for the Jets, I think if the Jets get, I believe, six wins, if they go six and 11, I think that's success because, and let's face it, like, you know, the Jets are not as talented as some of the other teams. So if the Jets can get six wins, I think that'll be a success. I think as far as the Giants, if everything broke right, I think the Giants should be in contention for the NFC East. I think 10 wins, 10 and 7, I think is a ceiling for the Giants. They should, and Daniel Jones proved that he's the man. He cut down on his turnovers. He, you know, he has all the weapons. It should be them, the Washington football team, and the Dallas Cowboys competing for that division. Because that's, that's how I view the Giants. If the Giants are, are exactly what I think they are. And if Ozzie Ojalari becomes that pass rush the Giants so desperately needs, Kadarius Tony becomes that weapon. The offensive line is not a turnstile. And Daniel Jones, you know, tries to shut the haters up and proves that he's exactly what they signed him up to be. Then I think the ceiling for the Giants is 10 wins competing against Washington and Dallas for that division championship. What do you say for that, Ty? All right, so on to the Jets, the ceiling being six wins. I always found, like, an exercise like this, we love it because it gives us spotter for talk shows, but, like, the idea that despite Zach Wilson not having played a single snap in the NFL, 
we're going to sit here and do the win-loss game with the Jeff schedule. Like, it's different for the Giants, right? Because at least we know, like, we've seen Daniel Jones. We saw what this team was last year. We're now watching them add NFL players, like, who actually played last season. So, uh, to the Giants, yes, they, they should at the very least be in the running for that division the final month or so of this season. Because you don't look at any team there. But the Dallas Cowboys might have the best chance just because, in my mind, they have the best quarterback. But Dak Prescott is returning from a very significant injury. And it, it, this ain't the NBA or, or Major League Baseball where you give yourself a, a month or two or a few, a few weeks up to a month to kind of get yourself back into game shape and you know no longer being physically compromised. This is... You got to win every game. We, we got 17 of these bad boys, so there's no margin for error. Uh, but with the Cowboys, I think because they have the best quarterback, they just have to be in that conversation. Uh, the Washington football team, based on what we saw last year, they have to be there. Ryan Fitzpatrick is an upgrade over um, Alex Smith, so they should be also involved in that. And with the Giants, with all the weapons you added, you figure that if Daniel Jones can just be average, then yes, the final month of the season, they should be competing for that division crown. But with the Jets, like, yeah, yeah I tweeted very facetiously. I, like, I quote tweeted the Jets. Um, they put out the schedule. I said, I don't see many losses here. The problem with actually trying to be concrete about any prediction is, again, we haven't seen Zach Wilson play a single snap. So you can look at it and project what you think he's going to be, but the Patriots are bringing back a completely new team. They, they spent a boatload of money in the offseason. Most of their team opted out last year. Uh, like one of the Bengals, Joe Burrow, he comes back off of his uh, torn ACL. So there are a lot of question marks. Like what I know is they're not winning the division. Buffalo's gonna, Buffalo or New England will win that division. So it's going to be tough to, to win games against the Dolphins, the Pats, and the Bills. But outside of that, like, who really knows? Uh, but to your point, six wins, yes, I would sign up for that in a heartbeat. So you got, you got the star of the NFC, Tampa. You got the star of the AFC, Kansas City Chiefs. So if, if we don't see a rematch of last year's Super Bowl, who are the two teams that can overtake the Bucks and the Chiefs? Oh, the two teams that can overtake the Bucks and the Chiefs as the prohibitive favorites coming into the season uh, to knock them off and get to the get to the Super Bowl. All right, so I know there's a lot of turmoil going on here, but. When all else fails to me, I'm going with the best quarterback. I still think the best quarterback in football. Some would have him still in their top five, and that's Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, who 13-3 and last season. They're in that NFC Championship game, and it was one of the worst coach games I've ever seen by an entire staff between Mike LaFleur and um, who's the, the, the Packers, D.C.? I'm blanking on his name right now. But uh, he was an absolute disaster in that game against um, against Tampa. And I think Aaron Rodgers was robbed of an opportunity to win. And Mike Patton, Mike, Mike Patton was the D.C. Mike Patton. Uh, Rodgers was robbed of an opportunity to win his second Super Bowl. So I think, but if they do return, 
and like you bring the same exact team back, they're still good enough to win. And they almost beat they almost beat the Bucks in that game, if not for a controversial call to end it. I, I think they would have beaten the Bucks. So that would be the team. And in Seattle, like Russell Wilson is still one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I know there's some uh, like discrepancy or not discrepancy, but there's some decisions to be made about how they exactly want to run their offense. Do they want to be a more of a rushing attack versus a passing attack with Russell Wilson? But Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, two of the best quarterbacks in the league, I would have them at the top of the list. And as far as the AFC, man, it's tough because like I'm a big Lamar Jackson fan, and but I would admit he is someone that when it comes to the postseason, like he's a different guy because teams are able to game plan for him differently than you would over the course of the regular season. Now I don't agree with this. Well, he's only one and two in his playoff, you know, his playoff career. The dude's what twenty four years old, and we're gonna sit here and pick apart his resume after a couple of seasons. Like that's ridiculous. But the Ravens and the Buffalo Bills, to me, are the two teams that I would say had the best chance to give the Chiefs some trouble. The Bills got smoked by the Chiefs in that game, but those, to me, are the two most complete rosters when it comes to challenging the Kansas City Chiefs, who I think will be back in the Super Bowl next year. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you with with the Bills and the Ravens to challenge the Chiefs. I agree with you with that. And the NFC, I'm 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 gonna give you I'm gonna give you a couple of sleeper teams. Don't sleep on the Los Angeles Rams. I think I think like see people are downplaying Matt Stafford because he's in Detroit. I think he got something to prove. Um, I also do think that um the the um. Seattle, as you mentioned, is another team not not to poo-poo on Green Bay as well. But those are the two, but, but especially the Rams. Like, let's not sleep on the Rams in the NFC. Matt Stafford's there. You know, you got weapons. They're, they they still got arguably the best defensive player in the NFL and Aaron Donald, who's, who, who's going to cause havoc. So I think the Rams are a sleeper team. But I do think when, when the dust is settled and it's all said and done, it's going to be the Chiefs. It's going to be the Bucks, and it's going to be a rematch again, and I think that's what's likely going to happen. So I think that's I think we're going to pencil in Chiefs Bucks again for the Super Bowl, which leads me to this important question. I'm a Patrick Mahomes fan. I think Mahomes is is, is awesome, but he has not been bringing the postseason. Do you think that when it's all said and done, if he wins a couple more rings and he's knocking, and he's trying to knock on that goat territory, but he has, but he doesn't beat Brady. How much of a stain would be on his legacy to win championships, but he hasn't beaten the GOAT, Tom Brady? You said, you said he hasn't been great or he hasn't beaten Brady? Well, no, like he's great. No, no, I'm saying like how much of a stain on his legacy would be winning championships, winning MVPs, but he hasn't beaten the GOAT, Tom Brady, because Brady is the standard. He's the GOAT. Yeah, so you mean head-to-head or... Head-to-head, head-to-head, head-to-head. So I I think that it would be different if Brady stayed in New England, meaning that him and Mahomes would be going head-to-head consistently in the playoffs. But now that Brady's in the NFC, like, we would never say... If Mahomes goes out there and wins the next six Super Bowls, but Brady never makes it back, like, we're not going to sit there and say, well... (laughs) 
I mean, good and all that you won six straight, but you never beat Tom Brady when Brady was the one that couldn't get back there to face you. So I don't know if that really matters so much now because Brady's in the NFC and there's nothing Mahomes can do about that. Like, the best Mahomes can do is to get to the Super Bowl and then beat whoever is waiting for him. Like, he can't. Like he, like, he can't control Brady getting there. So I don't know that that matters so much anymore. But Mahomes, he's he's going to go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And, yes, we can say that already uh, with only three years to look at, four years to look at on his resume, or three years because he started that one game at 17, but that didn't really count. So three full seasons on his resume. We can look at it and say he's going to go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. The question now becomes, how many does he get? I think last year they win if that offensive line isn't as beat up as it was. I, I think they win that game. And two years ago, you look at, they beat the Patriots if not for that offside by D4. So he's, he's come close to beating Brady. They, they, they should have won that game. That, that offside penalty killed it. Brady threw the interception that would have ended the game. He should have won that game, but he didn't. Last year, I think that they beat Brady if the offensive line is healthier. But he didn't get it done. So he has one Super Bowl, and I think he'll, he'll get, I say he'll get at least two more. At the very least, he ends his career with three Super Bowls. All right, all right. You you said a, you you said a lot a lot of mean things right there. You know, I mean, I mean, you know, you know, you know, you know. You were if if you want to crack jokes about the Giants, if you want to crack jokes about the Knicks, that's that's okay. But I mean, come on, man. What did you know? You you know, um, you know, you know. D D D Ford happens. I mean, he lines he he lines offsides, ba- basically twice a game for his whole entire career. So I mean, what what do you expect? Um, and 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 also, may I remind you, okay, that whole entire game, some clown, Kansas City fan, put a laser to Tom Brady's eye from the stands, trying to blind Brady. So not only was Brady worrying about guys trying to kill him from the defense, you got some stupid fan trying to blind the man. So so that's that. I mean. In in every football game, there's breaks, whether it's penalties or I don't know. Chiefs fans may whine about the Super Bowl calls, and and we'll get to that in a little bit. But it happens. It's what you do with the next play, and yeah, Gronk Gronk didn't catch that ball. That was a bad drop. But what happened on that third and seventeen? Brady's like, I know you ain't gonna let me down a second time. Gronk was like, Yeah, buddy. Threw that football, and the defender had no chance. And, and and that's their best, one of their best defenders had no chance. Gronk was like, "This is mine," and Brady won. Okay, so that's that's one and zero against Mahomes in the postseason. It it is what it is. And I'll also say this too. Every time Mahomes has lost to Brady, what has Mahomes done? Score crap in the first half. You can't go a first half with scoring less than a touchdown and expect to win a game. It it can't happen. It can't. It's 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 very very hard to do. That year, fourteen to nothing in, in that playoff game, first half. So it's it's hard. The first game in the regular season, twenty four to nine. 
in in the first half. So if you're having first half to where you're scoring that little point, how do you expect to win again against the game with Tom Brady? Because l- let's face it, he's he's probably the best manager of a football game that that we've seen in football over the past 20, 30 years. He he knows what to do. He knows how to run the clock. He 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 knows how to make things happen. And then and then quickly get into the Super Bowl. You know, again, total of nine points. Now I get the O line. I I get the wide receivers were dropping passes, but if you can't get a touchdown, if you can't put six points on the board, and also that first half, their running backs was running the ball really really well, but. What did the Chiefs want to do? No, 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 no. That's not how we got here. That's not a bread and butter. We throw the football down people's throats. Tyreek Hill catches the ball and runs 70 yards. Tra- Travis Kelsey eats in the middle. But none of that was available in the Super Bowl. And that and and that's why they lost. So sure, is 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 could could Patrick Mahomes end up being baby goat? Maybe. But his master will be Tom Edward. Patrick Brady Jr. <laughs> well, and here's the thing, man. We, I would have loved to see Patrick Mahomes have a healthy offensive front. I would. That's all I'm saying. I, I think they would have won the game. But you're right. The offside penalty. You know, Super Bowl last year. Like, regardless of of what happened, Brady beat him twice. So that's what happens, right? And you say you gotta, you gotta, you gotta score points to win. You're right because, of course, we don't remember when your 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 guy Brady with the Patriots scored uh, 13 points to beat the Rams. 13 <laughs> points, and his defense held LA that high-powered, high-octane offense all season long held them to immediately three points. So yes. You do got to put up points, except if your defense bails you out. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> you also forget that in that game, the biggest catch of the Super Bowl was who? Brady to Gronk. My man Gronk comes up big in big time games. He does. I'll give you that. He does. Now I want now no no back to baseball. I think all of us. I think all of us can agree. Well, all of us are Yankee fans and. Obviously, right now the Rays are playing the Yankees, and the Yankees are clinging to a one nothing lead. Cole pitched great, great, but I'm a little disappointed in the Yankees tie because yeah, they're playing better, but this this isn't the offensive explosion as I thought I would see. Like they're not they're not hitting like they're not hitting the ball like I think they are, and that does worry me. Are the Yankees gonna uh, figure it out? Because they keep saying figure it out, figure it out, but when? I mean, it's starting to get late early. I don't I don't know that they'll ever figure it out in a way where they become this high octane offense where they're exploding every single night because quite frankly I don't know that that's what baseball is right now. What I'm watching is a game where guys are striking out a lot more than they're scoring runs. Like this is a team that is playing just like everybody else in baseball. They they're going to hit home runs, but they're also going to strike out a ton. Now with the Yankee lineup, like we we thought coming in, it was going to be pretty circular because at the top you've got DJ Judge Stanton, 
and you got Glaber Torres who's been struggling. So if Glaber's going to struggle, if you're going to get no production offensively from behind the plate, Higgy's got some big hits, but you know he's by no means Johnny Bench. Sanchez has been awful. I know he hit a home run last night, but for the better part of the last three years, he's been pretty bad. So you start to go through these different positions, left field, what are you getting out of Cliff Frazier? Aaron Hicks has been bad. So like if we go to each position and guys just aren't going to hit, then it's going to be incumbent upon the top of the lineup with Stanton and Judge and these guys carrying them. And I don't know that there's a correction. Like, Luke Wood comes back tonight. He led all of baseball last year at home runs through a 60-game season. But is he going to be able to duplicate that? I just don't know that this team is ever going to be one that, you know, we, we all know and remember with those prime Yankee years with Jeter, A-Rod, Posada, you know, them just scoring all these runs. Right now, they're being carried by their pitching, which, if before the season you had said that, you would have thought anyone, you, you would have thought you were crazy if you said the Yankees would be carried by their pitching. But right now, that seems to be working. And I don't know that it's, it's getting late early. I mean, they're winning games. It may not be in the fashion that we thought they were going to do so, but they're still winning games. Right now, they're up one nothing, And if they win, they'll be four games over 500 for the first time all season and just one game back of the Red Sox for the division crown in that American League East. So it's working. <laughs> like, it may not look as pretty as we want it to look, but it's working. And if you get into the postseason with the pitching as hot as it – like, I would rather get into the playoffs with great pitching and suspect offense than the other way around. Like, you're, you're a great offensive team, but your pitching is suspect. I would much rather have what they have right now than the, the alternative. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna end this um with a little Tom Brady, LeBron James, you know the kings the kings of both their perspective sports, you know Tom Brady is either entering his twenty second or twenty or twenty third year in the league, LeBron is in his nineteenth, Tom Brady, seven and three in Super Bowls, all all the title games, all the playoff wins. You know, very, very, very impressive. LeBron James, he 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 has a good amount of rings himself. He has four, but he's also under five hundred in championships. You know, and 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 sure, you know, LeBron gets to play both ways, offense, defense, not 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 just offense, but you know, right now LeBron looks like he's falling off a little bit. Tom Brady looks like he just sold his soul and just like, listen, Father Time, I'm going to beat you. I'm going to play as long as I want to play. So the question is, who is the ultimate goal? Tom Brady or LeBron James? <laughs> when you say LeBron is falling off just a little bit, and I, I, I take a little issue with that, because then we remember that, oh, yes, before he got hurt, he was averaging 25, 8, and 8. And he was in the running for the MVP. All right, so all right, let me clarify off, myself. Not not, falling, not off falling off the bit as in ball, basketball right? play. Falling off the bit is maybe his body is, is, you know, letting him down. And maybe he won't be able to eventually be, you know, a lot of minutes per game. And he, he just won't be the same LeBron. So if this were like a 
like a tissue, a soft tissue injury, hamstring, quad, calf, something like that, then I would buy into, yeah, maybe his body's going to betray him. But this was some freakish sprained ankle where they were, him and a player were diving for the ball, his ankle got caught up in it. Yankees just won, by the way. Shout out to the Al Rogers, Chapman, and Garrett Cole. That was fun to watch. Right, so with LeBron, with LeBron, like yes, he comes back and he reaggravates the injury. I think that was, I think that was less about. Yes, a part of it is old age. Like the older you get, the harder and the longer it takes to recover from injuries. Yes, but I think that situation was more about him just being rushed back because the team hadn't been playing great without him, and then Anthony Davis is also out. So I think they rushed him back, whereas if this were a Laker team, you know, 30 games over 500 with Anthony Davis in the lineup, you'd be able to take your time as far as easing him back in, into it. To answer your question about the GOAT, it is difficult to have this conversation because of what you said with LeBron James and his ability to play both ends. LeBron in his prime was the best was the best defensive player in basketball. He got robbed of a defensive player of the year back in 2013. And I think on offense, like, it's so funny we say, you know, this is a guy who's not a scorer. Meanwhile, he's going to finish as the all-time leading scorer in NBA history. So the, the combination of what he gives to you on offense and defense and his ability to make other guys better, I think puts him in that space where like he is at some point going to be universally viewed as the GOAT. Right now, I, I, I'm starting to lean toward him being the best player of all time. Maybe I'm not quite all the way there, but I will be. Like I will get to a point where all you know, when it's all said and done, I'm looking at all the numbers, I'm you know, reminiscing about what I saw over his career. Yeah, he's the all time you know, greatest player ever. But Brady, he's the best quarterback of all time. So I would say, all that to say this, Brady right now is winning that argument just because I don't think there is a debate as to who's the greatest quarterback of all time. We can do, like, football is weird in that, like, how do, how do we really put a crystallized, how do we crystallize the greatest player of all time in football because of all the different positions? Like, how do you adjust defense versus offensive players? So we can just stick to quarterbacks. Brady's clearly the best quarterback of all time. LeBron, I think, is arguably the best player in NBA history. You know, the best-case scenario, he's the best. The worst-case scenario, he's the second best. So I think he is still ascending toward that immortality, whereas Brady's already there. But if we have this conversation a year from now, I'm going to tell you LeBron's the greatest player of all time. And... And last, before we get to go, the mo- here's the most important thing. Before I let you go, one last question. And obviously, this is it. I want to go back to basketball. What would be what would like what would be an interest? What would be a bigger story in New York? The Knicks getting to the second round, or the Nets get or the Nets winning an NBA championship? That's a good one. That is a, a good one. The Knicks getting to the second round, the biggest story in New York. Just New York. <laughs> in New York, the biggest story. It has to be the Nets winning a championship. Because then you have to factor in 
all of the history. And I go back to the, the, the summer, what was that, of 2019, right? Was that 2019? Yeah, 2019. Durant and Irving are free agents. We keep hearing, they're going to the Knicks, they're going to the Knicks. Oh, wait a minute, they're not going to the Knicks. They're, going, they're, they're coming to New York, but they're going to Brooklyn. So they spurn the Knicks, they go to Brooklyn. Now, they win a championship, and you're going to have all of the Knicks fans, you know, out of, out of the floodgate, come on and say, well, who cares? Nobody cares about the Mets. So I'm actually talking about no one caring about the Mets. You're caring about the Mets, and they become the biggest story here in New York. Because the Knicks get to the second round, it won't be for another three or four weeks or so that the Nets win a championship, I would say that that dies down for a bit. And then once the Nets win that title, that immediately becomes the best story. Like if the Nets beat the Bucks in the second round and the Knicks lose to the Sixers in five, like I think there's more conversation about the Nets, uh, I'm sorry, about the Knicks getting to the second round than it is about the Nets, the Nets making the Eastern Conference Finals but then once they win a championship, I think that that usurps everything um, that we had talked about, about the, about the Knicks getting to the second round, because it's a team winning a championship. Like Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden just won a championship in New York. All right, Ty, before you go, and again, thanks for coming on. Tell the people about about your show, you know, what you talk about and where and where can they hear you? Well, you can catch me. Saturday mornings and Sunday mornings producing for Dave Rothenberg and Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. I'm with Dave every Saturday from 9 a to 12 p. Anita from 12 p. to 3 p. And Sundays, I'm producing Anita's show from 8 a.m. to noon, 12 p. on the East Coast. Uh, sometimes I've, I've done like filling shows, but, you know, that is like something that hasn't happened in a while, and you know, hopefully it'll happen again soon. But if you want to be, be up to date on that, you can follow me on Twitter at Ty D. Butler. Twitter and Instagram, Ty D. Butler. Yep, you can catch Ty producing the great Rothenberg show. And just so you know, Rothenberg don't cheat and stuff Rothenberg, even though there has been some controversy about that. But that's another story for another day. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, as always, but as always, Ty, man, appreciate you coming on. Thank you again so much for giving us the moment of your time. And we'll definitely talk to you soon. We've definitely got to preview the, the NBA playoffs because – I love the NBA. I love playoff basketball, and playoff basketball is a whole nother level than the regular season. Absolutely, man. Just hit me up, and I'll be happy to do it. Yes, sir. Take care, man.